how often are you calculating? Never. That's, <laughs> I think that's kind of the issue, <laughs> Never, right? dude. And if I do, it's like, oh, I have to calculate a tip. And if I can't do that mentally, then I should fucking bash yeah. my brains out because it's like the, it's just moving a decimal place. I actually had a, yeah, you, if you can't calculate a tip, then figure it out. Which is a totally unfamiliar experience for any of our non-American listeners because right? you know, they don't have to deal I with I was that surprised insanity. when I went to Amsterdam and uh, everything wasn't just included. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Episode 117. That's a lot of episodes mm-hmm. on this podcast. That's mm-hmm. GearBuds podcast coming at you live or recorded. Either way. It's live. I mean, it's have, have backwards hats on. You've got a Daredevil pedal shirt yeah, on. Yeah, dude. Represent Johnny Water. I've got a Gizmotron shirt on. We're nerding out today, dude. It's, na- it's NAM season, so we're just getting nerdy. Uh, I'm Henry. That's Dave. What's up? And here's a podcast. Let's dive into the Symphony of Corrections. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Shout out to Stingray. Let's get this tone tube train rolling again. Yep. Uh, I don't got think his, he got his microphones. He, from got last his, he grabbed his microphones from last <laughs> week. I don't think he actually listened to that episode. He just saw it in the description. Just, uh, I mentioned him. I mentioned him in the description oh, okay. of the episode, and that's how he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> uh, but he's actually down in I think indie recording something. I don't know right now. So he actually, he's not at the Nam happening right now. I don't. You know, that's he's not interesting. Really a Nam guy. He used to be a Nam guy when his company would make stuff for Nam. Right. But I, you know, he's not going to just nah. go for fun. That dude's got to work. Oh yeah, dude. Get some fucking jobs making going. That, making that Here cash. we go. Thank you, Stingray, for listening to this. If you are, if not, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Thank you, other listeners, for listening to this and not go fuck yourself. We do it for y'all. We do it for each other. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at GearBuds Podcast. Subscribe at the places. Let's get into the touch and tip slash friends of the show slash story time with Uncle Hank slash BFI GFI slash free stuff. Got some free stuff. Uh, we've actually talked about this brand, I guess, on the podcast before it's kvr audio they release a lot a lot of plugins often free and they're doing this thing right now called the kvr developer challenge where there's like i don't even know 50 100 plugins or something all for free you can go check them out and then vote and then whichever one wins i don't know what happens something happens but i've downloaded a couple of them one of which i can't think of what it's called right now but it was the current leading candidate or whatever like vote getter i guess mm-hmm. uh and it's a really cool sounding synth so and it's okay. free so go check it out i'll put the link up kvraudio.com the kvr developer challenge oh here we go this is this is we're just gonna get into bfi gfi here let's do it so dave i haven't told you this yet but i kind of got i kind of got busted uh doing some mm, less than stand-up gear selling maneuvers Ooh, well this is the time to let this it out, time to uh, let it out. Well, you haven't told me unfortunately wow. maybe the uh, I wouldn't say victim, but maybe the other party involved might listen to this. We'll see. Either way, busted. What happened? So I, as you know, we've talked about it a lot on the show. I have this running list of a bunch of stuff in one Craigslist posting. I have separate postings yeah. for other things. It's like but a then screenshot I have, of a spreadsheet. And then, basically. yeah. And then there's like a bunch of other pictures of whatever. Mm-hmm. Within that screenshot, I also have prices because I just don't, I, I want to leave it unambiguous tell me of you know, what you paid or what you're asking of what i'm asking okay sure. oh god nobody is allowed to know what i paid okay. for these things I good rule number fuck one the whole game up yeah uh so uh i have i have a lot of keyboards a lot of them i don't use i'm selling one of them it's a yamaha it's an old one it's like a kind of a crappy one it was okay. it's cool as a psr 27 i bought it from cappy a long time ago he had it from when he was like a kid from the 90s cool. or something it doesn't have it has it has like 
a headphone output. It doesn't yeah. have MIDI or anything. You know, right. it's just like it's like a, those little Casio ones, like the uh, a slightly bigger version of that, okay. but same idea. How many keys is it? I would guess like forty nine. Okay, uh, and so I had it listed on the spreadsheet, and I in 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 my defense, again, I'm. I'm coming clean on this. In my defense, I had gone through and updated pricing on a lot of stuff because as we've talked about extensively, prices are going up right now and that's just the way shit is. Sure. So I wanted to reflect that in my document. Hey. Well, I had I had updated the prices, taken taken the screenshot, and then forgot to upload it to the ad. So I had updated prices on the keyboard. I think I had it listed at $65. I updated it to $95 okay. in hopes of getting 80. Okay. Right? Someone sees the ad with the sixty five with the sixty five and is like, "Hey, I like I want to buy this or whatever." And I'm like, "Cool." And I in my brain, I'm just thinking you like, "Oh, I updated, the updated these ad. prices already." Right, right, right. I look. Shit. I had not actually uploaded it. So before mm, I responded, dilemma. before I responded to the email, I did upload. I did update the picture. So oh. we're going back and forth. The guy's like, "Yeah, you know, like whatever. I want to get it. I'll come pick it up." I was like, "Great." He's like, yeah, I've got cash. I was like, cool. Like, what's, and, and the what's, price was never in any never of discussed. Right, so right, I was just right, like, right. okay, cool. Like, what's your what's your offer? He's like, well, I'm offering like the full sixty five dollars that was there before you raised the prices on me. Like he oh, said that. Oh no! And I was just like, <laughs> oh, dude. Well, what are we gonna do here? You yeah. Know? Because on the one hand, I wanted to sell it. On the other, I felt sort of guilty. But I also had fully intended on... Inc I had already increased the price. Just yeah. I hadn't actually followed through. So I was like, hey, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Here's a deal. I updated those prices. Yeah. I I want 90 for it. I'll take 80. And he was like, well, no. Like, I'll offer 65. you the 65. Right. And I was like, well, I'm feeling a little guilty. I don't want to do this, but I'll come down to $75. I was like, that's that's my bottom offer. Like, I wanted to get 80. Yeah. I was like, we're talking about $5 right now, whatever. But I was like, I want $75 for this thing. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'll 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 agree to that price, seventy dollars. I was like, no, 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 oh. you 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 miss you miss tried to do the little, little flip around, <laughs> right? I I said I'm coming down. I I realize there's this been been this confusion. I will come down to 75. That is my final offer. Thank you for your time. Like right. I thought that was going to be it. He bought it still. He okay. came by yesterday and picked up. Actually, while Stingray was here, he acted as my muscle. Yeah, um, I was going to say you might want to back up on that. Exactly. One. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry. He was happy to pay the seventy five. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure if happy is the right word. The deal went by really quick. Um, mostly because I was embarrassed. Also because he like put a mask on, so maybe he's not vaxxed up. I'm not trying to interact with that. Sure. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> either way, I was just like. I felt so bad about that happening. Yeah, when it happened. I mean, dude, you got it. Sometimes you just got to eat it. I mean, that that was your fault. It was my fault. Um, I think at the end of the day, I would have just been like, plus, I mean, sixty five bucks for something that you've had laying around, you might not have sold otherwise. You don't know. I've never had another offer on it, right? Regardless, I, it, I'm good. Enough. The problem is that I'm good enough at selling stuff now that I knew he was on the hook. You know, yeah. So like. I was willing to to put my foot down and say like I, again I wanted eighty for it like right. that was, I I put ninety because like that's why I wanted to get eighty out of yeah. it. I meant to upload it. I didn't. It's not like he ordered it on Reverb and like there was a cash transaction. It was right. or like some credit card deal or something like that. It was like hey we're in the middle of a negotiation. That said, I own that I was kind of the dickhead in the right. situation. 
it still turned out well for me in the end because I now have seventy five extra dollars in my right. pocket. Well, man, it's like it's it's uh, how close does this fly to the issue we had last week of the guy who like retracted that pedal? I thought about that. Right. And I don't think it's the same. No, it's not the same. You know, it's the, not the same. if it was, I would feel really shitty, even shittier about it. And also, we're talking about $75 versus right. that, which was like $1,500. Well, the funny like thing that. is, you guys had the conversation of like, oh, okay, I'll come pick this up. Mm-hmm. And like, the, 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 no, actual he didn't number. say, he didn't say that he was going to pick it up yet. He's like, I'm interested in this. I was right, like, okay, right. cool. And then he's like, I was like, and that's when you I had went a, to the cash, you, had a, you know, a verbal or whatever you want to we call were, it, email. We were starting to go back and forth at yeah. that point. Well, I mean, I guess you still made that extra 10 bucks. I still made the extra 10 bucks. I put my foot down. I wanted five more out of it, but um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some weed with it. So there it is. I I got busted. uh, I was at the grocery store yesterday, and I waited behind uh, an elderly woman who was arguing about the price of these tissue boxes that Mm -hmm. she was buying. It was like you know two for three or whatever the deal was. And I'm standing there with Mandy. It must have been 25 minutes. We were standing behind this lady. Murder. And we already had our stuff on the on the like the conveyor right. belt. So, so you're not we gonna couldn't, pull it off. And yeah, yeah. And, and she turned around. And she's like, "Sorry, they." She, the lady, told us. She's like, mm-hmm. "Sorry, they screwed up something. If you want to take your groceries and move to another aisle." And Mandy's like, "Fuck you!" Like, weird. We're, we're here behind you because you're making an issue over literally 30 cents. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, "Can I just buy you the tissue paper?" Because I here's a quarter. Later. Carry on. Like, come on. If yeah. I had a dollar in my pocket, I would have gave it to her, but it's, you know, right. no cash. No cash. Anyways. Uh, Similar, sometimes, but different. Sometimes in these in these situations, though, we, it's, it's easy to get locked inside. Oh, yeah. To step outside and be like, all That's right, why what hearing, is the real I'm it right here, here man. Because yeah, no, I, I, you know, it takes a lot of balls to admit your I mistakes hope, like I hope that. This, this gentleman is, is maybe, maybe Did is you, or isn't listening. You didn't, you didn't happen to mention we have a, a, a gear podcast? No, but that's very clearly in my email, you know, <laughs> oh, like is it? it's in my signature, so okay. that always well, happens. I, uh, there was actually, I noticed, speaking of email signatures, I was going, I was negotiating back and forth with a dude a couple days ago about something on something that he was selling. And then he was like, hey, I'm open to trades. So I sent him some listings or whatever. He wanted more than I was willing to part with, which is fine. But I noticed that his email signature, he updated while like throughout the chain because it was just like his name a couple times. And then I don't know if he realized whatever for whatever reason, he updated his signature to include the fact that he works for line six. So oh. uh, like he's like you know proving his his gear credentials at right, that right. point like uh, yeah by the way take me seriously because I work for the six lines so let's get him on the pod let's get him on yeah I don't know about all that um, <laughs> we'll see all right here this one is both BFI and GFI this is about a half naked Australian guitarist Dude, Dave I was excited about this did one. you see the video I watched it. okay great so let's talk about it if you haven't seen this already uh, Adelaide Australia uh, Savas Caruso who now calls himself the Sublet Hammer which is hilarious that's great. Um, has been during, especially during the pandemic, and then you know, especially recently too, like has been doing these weekly concerts. You can call it on his in his in his own driveway of the home that he owns. Sure, in his underwear. Yep, and you know, not that this is like this is really pertinent either way necessarily, but he's like very fit, so it's not like yeah. he's like in his underwear he looks and it's like, like disgusting. Uh, he looks or like something. Slash in his prime. He looks like. He looks like sla- dude. Yeah. Definitely, he's got the big slash hair and, and the like tight little, bod. Well, little, little, little yeah. skinny. No, he looks great. Shredding the Les Paul. Yeah, really good player. Just, too. So he was like this like rock guitarist, and he'd like yeah. like go out there, and people liked it. Like you'd see there'd be people distance away, sure. like watching or whatever. Well, I guess he'd play forty five minute sets in his Salisbury Downs driveway, uh, and of unadulterated and original gain heavy riffage, which is from this article <laughs> that I read. Anyways, his performance 
schedule came to a screeching halt last month when he was arrested by South Australia police for violating an environment protection order, which mm. was issued the day prior. Mm. So clearly... They had it out for him. They had it out for yeah. Some Someone decided that they didn't like this, yeah. pulled some strings with the government and got this order enacted that was... He was not allowed to perform for 72 hours. Well, I mean, you know, it's rock That's and fucking it? roll, baby. So Wait, so he could have just waited 72 hours and then gone back and played? Until they enacted more legislation. Right. You right, know, right. this was like a temporary stopgap sure, measure to sure. get this dude to stop playing fucking sweet riffs on his driveway. Yeah. Well, he got arrested. Yeah, like, I know. The cops <laughs> came and fucking cuffed him and yeah. like took him away. Yep. And it was really bizarre yeah. and weird. And yeah, then, arrested's weird. It's like a ticket would be fair. Or just like... Hey mate, you know, I was looking to do an Australian hey, right. accent. That was a Turn terrible off the idea. bloody uh, amplifier. Yeah, well, that was more British than Australian. That Turn was pretty good though. Turn off the bloody amplifier on the Barbie. <laughs> you just have to say Barbie. And yeah, you just have to Barbie and Dingo uh, in I don't there. Know that, that's, that's how it works. Are, do Dingoes even exist Dingo. anymore? I have no idea. Uh, either way, <laughs> there is now a change.org petition up okay. that he has started to. He's out of jail already, but it was yeah. to, is to change the law. I've already signed it. Okay. It's reached. It needed. 1600 signatures it's at like 2500 right now Mm -hmm. i guess he's gonna he's really gonna fight the system so i just want to say that we here at GearBuds fully support the sublet hammer we support you adelaide's savas caruso because you rip you look great keep doing your underwear thing man you look tan you look handsome i wish i looked like that seriously so um bfi dude got arrested gfi free shred concerts in your yeah. driveway every week who wouldn't want to see that and i don't know i mean you know just to play a little devil's advocate yeah. i don't know the ordinances with like noise and stuff it like was that daytime you know what i right. mean i mean I, I i do know i've had cops show up when i was a teenager we were rehearsing my garage mm-hmm. and we had cops show up because we were playing too yeah. loud and they were just like turn it down it was two in the afternoon neighbor thrill over there parents weren't home so i don't know i mean i don't know you know legally are you do you need i a read permit? the article do you need a permit to make that much noise no it was his own home and they were actually prepared for this because brother was there and they had like printed out legal documents to show the police like hey can you see like he owns this place right. it is legal for him to be doing this and they're just like yeah we don't care wow. this thing so we're gonna we're gonna take him away so well, we support you dude we support you uh if you want ever, ever want to be on the show hit us up sublet hammer please uh okay here we go Th- this is jumping ahead just a little bit but this i think this is a gfi so i wanted to throw it in here because j- jumping ahead we're going to talk about summer nam shit a little bit later cool but um this is also announced at nam and i just wanted to mention it because it's something that we've talked about on the show before in this idea that you know whether it's true or not there has been this perception that fender has done a, done a better job of outreach and with diver- and diversity and inclusion. i think we talked about it a few episodes a few episodes ago, ago. Yeah, right. and and we're kind of slagging on gibson a little bit for just being like the brand of fucking old white dudes sure well, they have just announced that Lizzie Hale, who is the singer and guitar player of Hailstorm, has a signature Gibson, all that shit, has joined Gibson as their first female brand ambassador ever. That's shocking. Isn't that fucking shocking? Yeah. Their first female brand ambassador That's so shocking. ever. And then she's also on this advisory board now. So they're they're actually listening to the right. world and saying like, hey, let's get everyone involved in this brand, not just old white guys who are all fucking dying right now anyways and aren't going to be able to buy these guitars <laughs> right. in 20 years. That's uh, I, I just couldn't believe when I read the article, yeah. it was the first. Right. Like, in, I mean, the company's been around for over 100 years. Oh, yeah, over. And I mean, electric guitars since what, 50? You know, the, the 50s. 50, 52. So, 52. So, Wow. I mean, because I could think of a ambassador. list in my brain of like women who play Gibsons who would be perfect, you know, uh, sponsors for yep. for that company. They've all gone to like 
Ibanez or PRS or I mean there are a number there are I mean St. Vincent with Music Man that's probably I would have to imagine she that must be the highest selling signature female guitar I'm not sure I think of the uh, not female guitar that came out wrong a female's signature guitar they're not female guitars what the fuck would that even mean no honestly I mean think of the there's not a a huge list of female signature guitars out there no there's I mean there was an awesome Gibson that they made for um, oh what's her name she Grace Potter who uh, Grace Potter in the Nocturnal, she's like a singer songwriter type chick, but also like more in the rock and roll world now married to Eric Valentine. Who's one of my favorite producers. They made her a pretty badass explorer at one point that I really liked. I don't know why this keeps coming to my head, but I think of the, the singer of Alabama shakes has she plays SGs with P nineties. Yeah. uh, Well, what she, she's doing that as a throwback to sister Rosetta Tharp. Oh yeah. That's that's, right. I mean, she like, if I think of a woman and it gives and that's it, it's it's the three pickup white SG with the gold. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, cool. GFI finally. Yeah, Gibson's Gibson's figuring this way to shit get out. after it, guys. All right, here's the last last BFI, and this fucking blew my mind. Okay, and I saw this earlier today for the first time. Uh, if you go to Gene Simmons Axe, that's A X E dot com. First of all, one of the grotiest sites you've ever seen in your life. Really? It's real, by the way. So I should say it's not just like some fan site. This yeah. is. His in, company. I don't know if it's his company or if in his, collaboration with him, whatever it is. Ooh, my least favorite neighbor of all time is authorized. out there. Get fucked. Get fucked. Uh, grody site, and there are at least two things that I saw that jumped out at me as, okay. as available. One is, I'm not sure, honestly, I'm not sure which one is worse or weirder. I'm just going to start with the one that I saw first. You can now get what they call the Immortal Axe. You know, Gene Simmons has his famous base, signature bases. Yeah, it's the an axe, axe one. But yeah. there's also the other one that kind of looks more like a like a BC Rich Mockingbird yep. or something like that. But then it's got like the little tail point the at the bottom. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can the now Punisher base. I think it was called. I don't know. That sounds sounds right to me. Yeah. You can now have your own custom immortal axe made with your face put on the body Nuh-uh. of the guitar. Yeah, uh-uh. the way that they showed it was a picture of Gene Simmons and a couple of his fans having been put on the face of this guitar. Just your face you is, buy, is, is whatever you printed want. on the guitar. Any fucking picture, I think. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> sh- I'm sure people are taking advantage of that. Okay. Here is the best part, Dave. Okay. How much do you think these cost? Oh man, I mean, hopefully not over like two thousand dollars. Seventy four ninety five. Come on, eight thousand fucking dollars. Eight grand for a for that. No. Semi related. There's also this, I don't even know. I know a printing shop down here that'll do it for you for like a couple hundred bucks. I mean, maybe, I don't know what, I think that they, this company charges maybe like five grand for these instruments without that on there. Right, right. Which is still fucking a lot of money for these. Who makes the, who makes the guitar? I don't know. It's Gene Simmons Axe, you know, but so they also have this other package available, which is not very clear to me how this is going to work. But basically, you pay a, a, some absurd amount of money, which I know is higher than that, but it, it didn't say specifically what it was because you had to email. I'll tell you why I know it's higher than that. Where on, of all days to choose to do this, by the way, on September 11th, 2021, you can, I don't, it must just be one person pay to have Gene Simmons record your song in a studio. Your song? You bring the song, Gene Simmons is going to produce it. No, and you get one of his bases. So you, you wait. You, you have to go to the studio and play it yourself, or he plays. Oh, it for you go you. to the studio. Oh, and play I, it yourself. I mean, he's going to cover my song. I would, Maybe I, mean, I would pay be, for that, dude. Well, I, it's going to be. I would th- so 
you you the he's cheap, not that good of a the cheapest so. bait like this package you have to like buy one of his bases too it's right. a fucking scheme it's a whole VIP the cheapest package. ones are like fifty five hundred dollars yeah so you know You're that this session is gonna be like ten grand oh easy to pay for, like for Gene day. Simmons's time for the studio time like all that wow. shit I bet people will do this I don't know it was like. I just went on the website today and it's still available, you know, and, and like I said, it's not like there can be multiple people, right? Like that's like a one day thing. You're not going to like try to ferry oh, in like yeah. five different it's, songs. They schedule you a day. date and you go in, but it's just literally is it New York or something like that? nine, nine 11. No, I, it wasn't. I don't remember where it might've been LA. It to wasn't like fly New York. to the studio. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, like there are pictures of the fancy studio. It might not even, it might've been in like Arizona or dude, something, which would totally track with Gene Simmons. Uh, fan idea. Let's yeah. start it. Let's start like a GoFundMe. So our fans will send us to go record with Gene Simmons. A we, song. What song? We, can, we could do. We, we have to write a, a brand new song a for brand scratch. New song for Gene Simmons. Yeah. About how much we hate kiss. Maybe. Oh my god! Well, I do like some of their songs. I like Detroit Rock City. I think that song slams a bit. I like Strutter. Yeah, I, yeah. There I like are, the there Disco are like Kiss. Disco three Kiss three to five. Really fun me. Solid. I was kiss made songs. for loving you. Yeah, Disco Lick kiss it up. Was awesome. You know, <laughs> like there are five. We we didn't see they Rock and Roll all night. I mean, no, Bath is like super all right. I do actually. It was stuck in my head once for four days as a child. Oh. Four days yeah. when I was eleven years old. Sounds miserable. Never take it back. No. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Let's start the let's start the GoFundMe. We're gonna we're gonna win this. I guess it's only fair you get to keep the base, right? Well, we could trade it back and forth. All Weekends, right. fair, yeah. yeah, shared custody. Okay, so big old BFI, except That's for funny. unless you want to fund us to go make fun of Gene Simmons. Also, we have to think of our picture that we're gonna want to put on the base. I don't, you know, so that's a good point. I don't know if the base that you buy is an immortal base. It might just be one of the regular ones. Oh, you know what I mean? But no, because what I, it's no, enough the, no. To get dude, the picture would be us with our arms around Gene Simmons, and then they yeah. put that on the fucking and all thing. sticking our tongues out, all sticking our tongues out. Um, and no, we stick our tongues out. He keeps his in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he, that costs extra exactly. for him to like put his tongue out. You know what him I mean? Signing of? your tongue. What was uh, speaking of Nam and all this stuff? Remember Chibson when we went to Nam? Oh, yeah. and they did the uh, Limp Bizkit. Um, oh, the Durst burst. The Fred Durst burst. Yeah, and that's, Fred Durst commented on our picture. That's of it what I think of when I think of this story. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up i forgot to have it on the sh- on the episode uh chipson and daredevil pedals just released a new pedal together that's right i completely forgot to mention this i'm so yeah. glad that i didn't even think of it when i saw you in that what beautiful a crazy shirt thing. by the way like which daredevil is pedals. called the placebo and it's a fucking empty box and you pay a hundred dollars and it's got a fucking in and out jack and a switch and two knobs it's amazing but nothing on the inside that's awesome and it's all placebo however you can buy a little like fuzz board to populate yourself that Johnny made so that you can try yeah. and daredevil pedal so that you can then make it like a fuzz pedal. Cool. Um, but awesome. I just, I mean, I, I haven't asked him. I should, I wonder how many of those things are selling, you know, a hundred bucks. <laughs> I'd sell a couple of them, man. I'm tempted to buy one myself. <laughs> right? you, just pure. I, I I don't want that, but I do, you know, yeah. like that. So I don't know, Johnny, just send me one. Um, here we go. <laughs> I don't, that's the thing that I think it might be limited. I don't even know how many they actually are trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. I doubt you're going to make a ton of those. So that's been a rambling BFI, oh, GFI. That was, that stuff, was pretty man. good stuff. But I think even better stuff is about to come our way. And you know why, Dave? It's because you got to get your notes out. And I get to stumble my way through my two favorite words that I get to say every single week. And those words are Dave's Docs, 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 Dave's Docs. Nice, nice, dude. That was. I don't great. know if we can do the delay on that. I'm though. excited. Well, let's try it. Yeah, I'll throw I'll throw some effects on it. Um, or something. What do you got? This is exciting. I I feel like we have a really exciting 
last couple of weeks about Dave's docs. Oh, wow. Because there's just been so much coming. Conspiracy theories. And we had, fucking... I mean, the Paul McCartney thing. I'm, wow. I'm sold by the way. Yeah, I think he definitely, he's definitely dead for yeah, sure. Uh, 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, uh, the week was going on earlier this week, I texted you or you texted me. I don't remember, Ooh. but there, and I haven't watched it yet, mm. but I have to mention it. There's a Paul McCartney so, documentary, McCartney three, two, one, right. With Rick Rubin. Okay. Let's talk about that really fast. Let's talk about it. I, I mean, it's not out yet, but no. so when I saw the trailer for that, I almost barfed. I was like, this looks like the fucking lamest yeah. shit I've ever seen because like, does the world need another Paul McCartney? This yep. is my, this is my no, initial no, no. reaction. Keep going. However, I then saw a headline. I didn't read the article because I don't like to read reviews of things before I watch them that said that this show is specifically for music nerds because it, it really gets into the multi tracks and yeah. like how they edited things and how they wrote things. It's not just like, Oh, I'm Paul and I'm going to well, talk the scene about in the trailer where they, he has him singing and he's totally flat. And he's like, this is why I didn't, we don't I li- didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, so he's like, this is why we don't listen to the tapes oh, because really? he's like laughing at himself. Yeah. Like, dude, we weren't that good. Like this is all yeah. just a, a big culmination. Not to everything. mention George Martin, Ken Scott, Jeff, yeah. I recall yeah. people who would have been working on this stuff. They're but, not but there it's either. him and Rick Rubin, and Rubin literally yeah. listening to a single, which I'm going to watch that. Fuck yeah. I'm going to watch it. And actually, Funny thing was, I heard it on the radio they were talking about it, which is like, when was the last time you heard somebody talking about a documentary on Dude, the radio? I, I got to tell you, I don't know the last time I heard the radio. Oh, period. I listen to it in my car. Yeah, so. I, I, if I'm ever in, in, in a car, there's yeah. like some... Yeah, some, they were know, talking about it on, on one of the uh, XRT or something mentioned it. And they were like, oh, you know, it comes out Friday, like check it out. So, oh, so um, it comes out today. Yeah, today. So, so for a couple days ago, for anybody listening to mm-hmm. this, go check out McCartney um, I'm definitely going to watch it. What is it's it on? A, it's, a mul- it's a Hulu, I believe. Hulu. Hello, and it's a multi-part uh, documentary, yes. so it's going to be a lot to take in. Yeah, um, but I'm excited for it. I, I, I was thinking of this too, though. When you mentioned that you wanted to barf, I was like, I had the same feeling initially. I go, I wonder if Paul ever gets tired of talking about how he was in the Beatles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because like right, I don't know if, if it was like a look on his face or something. Right when the trailer started, I was just kind of like. Is he really like you were like? Do we need? Do we need this? That's Beatles exactly what I was thinking. And yeah. there's the one "Get Back" is coming out in Very November, soon, which looks incredible. Incredible. By the way. So this this like really slipped under, yeah. and they really undercut that documentary. Release. You know what I bet? Because it was just two, like the two of them. I bet that this was designed as an easily filmable pandemic show. Yeah, it's like hey, we just need a right. skeleton crew. Yep. Paul and Rick need On to be set. tested yep. negative, and yep. that's it. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They probably did. I bet it. I bet it was just yeah. like they had Slapped nothing else to do. Kind of thing. What um, do you? Well, so, okay. So this is great. We're talking about other stuff. Yeah. What do you? What did you watch? What oh, you got well, I watched us? a few things actually. Oh. So we got a couple things going. Let's on. hear it. Um, not the main doc I wanted to talk about today, but I did watch This Is Pop on. Uh, oh, what did you, how much did you watch? Uh, all of it. Oh, you've, uh, you're more than me then. I believe. Uh, I, I stopped after I I the Outlaw Country. Five, I think. Yeah, I think I watched two after that because there's a festivals episode. I, okay, I did watch the festival. That was really episode. good. That actually. was really good. I did, I wasn't like excited about it, yeah. and then I just kind of had I'll, it on. I, I was, I was like, like, I'm. This is gonna be my background yeah. episode, and then I actually sat down and found myself watching. Yeah. It. Um, I will say I thought the most interesting episode, the Boys to Men one, was fantastic. I loved that episode, dude. And that was like they really were underrated, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I know but they were even though they were the biggest band in the world, yeah. But people don't go back and go, greatest R&B bands of all time. I just never really realized how good. I mean, I knew that the songs were good, when but they I didn't showed realize them, how good of singers they when all When they showed are, them man. to an acapella, like oh, on the spot, on and they're the like, spot. hey, MTV, can you write this yeah. like song for us in like 30 seconds? And they're like, uh, okay. Yeah. And then the producer asks them, you know, to, in today's time, like when they're interviewing, can you guys do that for us right now? And they're like, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but also they don't have to anymore. No, they're, they're fucking like, fuck you. Yeah. Ass to men. Um, but dude, God, what, what was your, good, wait, so what was your favorite one? 
Um, I like the auto tune one. The auto tune one was, was really, really good. fascinating yeah. because it, the whole thing was accidental. Yeah. And that's what I thought was so cool about it. You know, like that whole thing came about. And I love the part, uh, it was T-Pain, I think, who was like, um, he was cycling through every single plugin he had. He bought every plugin copies, and went through every single pirated preset, copies. Yep. He didn't give a fuck. He went through like 3,000 different yes. plugins to like find Until he it. heard the share sound. Because yes. he was looking for the share sound. That's what sound. he was looking yeah. for. And that was, you know, really interesting too, because I didn't, I never even imagined thinking about the cultural aspects of that, how, of like how much race was involved that like people treated him like he fucking ruined music yeah. when Cher did that, like eight years yeah. before he ever even got the effect and no one gave a shit, but it's like, Oh, T-Pain ruined music. Right. And well, like the story with Usher on the airplane, like, yeah. he's like you fucked it up. For and all he's like, us. that still sticks with me today, yeah. like 10 years later. Big time. Yeah. It's crazy. But he's oh. also a huge fucking star. So right. whatever. I and, I mean, I knew this already because I'd watched that NPR Tiny Desk concert, but that dude can fucking sing. Yes. Like, T-Pain can really sing. So I remember watching that at my office. Um, what was that, 2014 that came out or something? Something like that. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was years ago. And I remember like seeing the headline, like T-Pain can actually sing. And mm-hmm. I clicked on it and I watched the whole thing. It sounded great. And I was like, fuck yeah, he can sing. And then I go, well, of course he can sing. Yep. He's a fucking musician. Exactly. Like, People like they take everything at such a surface level sometimes with mm-hmm. these guys where they're like, oh, that's the only thing he does to write them off and this and that. No, dude, you don't get that big and, and get mixed into the industry unless you know what the fuck you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like people who shit on like Justin Bieber. It's like, dude, that, that kid's been playing music since he was three years exactly. old. Exactly. Like you are a musician if you're in that world. You 100%. can't fake it through that entire fucking thing. No, no. Successful. I mean, we can anybody can sing into auto tune and, and the most extreme settings make it do like the T-Pain effect. Yeah. But that's not what he was doing in those songs. No. There were moments of that but it, he, he used was still it. really singing yeah he used it as a tool i i'm, I'm glad we're on the same page yeah no that. totally man i actually have a i had a huge respect for him you know once i saw that npr yeah. thing because i never really listened to anything outside of like what it's you like hear in, in the bar club, and yeah. stuff yeah um and and then i knew that and then i was watching with mandy and she was like oh my god i didn't know he could mm-hmm. sing i was like you've never watched his npr thing that like, tiny desk is really good and i love how he was like dude i was so nervous like i didn't look at anybody in the crowd yeah. he's like i didn't realize it was you know it looks like it's this little stage when you're there and then there's like 300 it's people a whole behind, office right. of people like so you know there's like 100 people watching you do this shit so i thought that was fucking so cool. is this is this is like the sub dave's doc for the day or this is the dave's yeah doc? i just wanted to mention yeah. that i'm glad we got to talk about yeah, it a me bit. too and then um, I know I talked about it last week a little bit, but I started watching and I haven't watched the whole thing because mm. it's long as fuck. But 1971, the year music you did start. Everything. Okay, I started. I watched the first episode. How many episodes are there? Uh, I, oh, man, I have to count. I think there's like seven or eight. Oh, okay, maybe? that's a lot. At least six. Yeah. At least six. Um, anyways, it's I watched the first one. It's like 45 minutes, mm-hmm. so it's not super long. Um, it's nice to take it in bites. Fucking awesome, dude. I mean, so far, it's really, really good. And not just as a music doc, mm-hmm. but as a social commentary on what was going on during Vietnam mm-hmm. and like, you know, Nixon and all this stuff. And like, it was, uh, it was definitely like, it's, it's politically charged, of course, you know, but it's really, really fucking good. Uh, the way it's done, there's a lot of footage of like uh, John Lennon in his house with Yoko. Cool. There's a scene where they go down to his basement. He's got like a studio. He lives in this giant mansion in England, mm-hmm. right? And this is before he moved to New York and all that. And he, uh, they go into his basement in the studio and he's like, he's trying to do like a vocal take and he keeps like, he's like, he's getting frustrated because they have to keep like doing it again over and over again. It's, it's just interesting to see that vulnerability Mm -hmm. from John Lennon, which, you know, I guess he's a vulnerable guy and you've seen to watch this. Uh, fucking cool. Also the Marvin Gaye shit was really interesting. Mm -hmm. They talk about what's going on and he wrote that actually about his brother who got drafted. Uh, I didn't know that. Didn't know so that his brother went to Vietnam and got drafted, and that's kind of what inspired him. He was he was just a a ballad songwriter up until that point. Mm. That was his first like political kind of like. When did his song. dad shoot him? It was later. It was later. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like that. I don't think so. I know he wasn't very old when his dad. Yeah. Him. 
Um, there, I did watch a documentary about him. I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast. I don't know if we did. But there's like a really good PBS documentary mm. about Marvin Gaye. So talks about all that. Very sad story. Um, what, else, what else we got in the 71 doc? Uh, let me see. So, well, I, I had... Oh, so it kind of opens with uh, Neil Young in Ohio. It's the nice. Kent State shooting yeah. thing. Well, not nice about that. Not but nice, but yeah, but it, it's like... So right away, like, they set the tone for yeah. the whole documentary. It's going to be politically charged. It's going to be really, like, dramatic. Mm-hmm. So I started, and I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, heavier than I thought it was going to be. What is it on? Uh, it's on Apple Plus. Oh, cool. I'll yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. We talked about that as one of the things. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Then now that I think about that, I went to Apple Plus to look for it. It wasn't out when I looked. Saw a show called Mythic Quest. Watched both seasons of it. Okay. It's um went down a little side tangent there. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Um, let's get back um, to the good stuff here. Oh yeah. So uh that was fucking cool. Um you know, it it's I will say for a documentary, I I know it's long, so I think they're doing this on purpose, but it's kind of scatterbrained. Mm. Like they'll be talking about John Lennon and then all of a sudden they go to like Marvin Gaye. It's like it's jumping all over the place. So as far as like a timeline, you know, I I watch a lot of documentaries. Yeah. I do like a nice structured timeline in a documentary. Like a linear even time. like even the way they did Last Dance where they go from the eighties to the nineties and they go mm-hmm. back and forth, but they show you like where they're going with yeah, it. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I appreciate that more than like something that's just all over the place, which this seems a little bit slapped together. Okay. Um, but the mood is really cool. Obviously, the Who came out with uh, "Won't Get Fooled Again," so wow. like everything there was like had like a meaning to it at the time. Um, well, also, who's next? Really, nineteen seventy one? I guess so. Yeah. Oh, I guess I would have thought it was um, earlier. I and I, also, uh, Pink Floyd Metal came out, which mm, is my favorite Pink Floyd album, probably next to Animals. Um, and they play one of these days when they're like. So I guess there were like these like anti-war people who broke into the FBI government building during the Ali Frazier fight Wow! because they knew like nobody no, would be paying yeah. attention and they broke into this and they got all these files. I, they didn't really get into that yet because it was right at the end of the episode. Oh, that's, um, but they're that's playing, a hook for episode two right But they're there. playing my jam uh, one of these days off Pink Floyd's metal. Dude, which hell is, yeah. Like, fucking, when they play that on XRT sometimes, I just, I go, oh my, I have to sit in the car and listen to it. Yeah. It's different than just like putting it on yourself. It is. It's, it's so, you know. Uh, random. I will say this. I thought it was kind of, you know, just to play a little devil's advocate, I think it is kind of funny how you had this surge of like British rock bands commentating on what was actually going on in the US at the time mm-hmm. with, and making money off of it, which is a little bit like hypocritical in a way. I was thinking, like, you know, I know that like, you know, there's like he wrote, like John Lennon wrote Imagine, like based on like everything that was mm-hmm. going on. I'm kind of like, all right, guys, like, Stay in your lane a little bit. Like you I think created the Beatles, some great music. Uh, he's the exception because I mean, America made the Beatles. Like sure. that's what turned them. They, of course, they were a band, but like, sure, sure, everyone sure. agrees they came to America on the. And I think you could say were. that with the Who and like a lot of bands, yeah. became super successful in the on US. the sort of t- the heels of the Beatles. But it is. That. I did notice an irony there where I was like, "Oh, you guys like made a shitload." It of does money almost and, feel like, sort of exploited. The peak of your way, band right? was like writing songs about Vietnam, yeah. even if it wasn't like you know about it, you know per se, but like. People interpreted it that way, and you sold out shows and made a huge. And I would imagine, I mean, now these days someone would do that, and then they'd be like, you know, all proceeds go to whatever charity or something like that. I definitely have never heard anything like that about like Imagine or or, you know whatever, except for when those fucking terrible dead brain celebrities tried to sing it during the pandemic. Oh my god, that was so cringy, dude. Gail Gadot was my number one Hollywood crush. And that fucking no killed it for me. Honestly, <laughs> it's like that's fucking dingbat awareness. Anyways, yeah, yeah, it was it yeah. was cringy. Yeah, I, it's flexing so hard. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, are you gonna keep watching? Or are you gonna watch? The oh, dude, series? I'm totally gonna yeah. keep watching it. Um. You know, I watched it this morning, so I kind of ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that I'm gonna come back to. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch some other docs and keep you guys posted. But like, it's definitely fucking awesome. I mean, check it out. I don't have an arbitrary rating yet. I would it's say really, from the first yeah. episode. 
it's at least a seven and a half out of ten for sure. Hmm. Like it's really, really good. Seven so out of a half out of ten protest songs. Protest songs. Damn. All right. Damn, I, I'm so glad. I, I love this because I forget about stuff. I even yeah. I don't even oh, think I put it in my list. The other thing that I uh, should have mentioned. So George Harrison put together a huge concert at Madison Square Garden called the. It was a Bangladesh. The concert for Bangladesh. Yeah. Right, dude. Oh, and yeah. Ringo was there. Bob Dylan. Oh, I I own that on compact. Disc. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So they they reference that. So you'll like that part too. Yeah. It's, it's really. My buddy. He was had so, the DVDs growing up. I he should, was man, so I nervous for that show. Like it's really interesting because he knew it wasn't just like a Beatles gig where he yep. could just show up. Everybody was expecting so much. And they show him like walking out to the stage and he's like shaking. He's got wow. his Stratocaster on already. He's already like ready to go. And he's just like, he looks so Which, fucking What strat nervous. is he playing? It's a white strat. It looked like Ooh, a 50s. Cool. Yeah, it had the 50s logo on it. So um, fucking yeah. awesome, man. I, I definitely am excited to Damn, get back. I'm, glad, I'm really glad you brought that one yeah, up. Yeah, 1971, the year music changed everything. We should all watch it yeah, and I'll talk about it. Very cool. All right, dude. Great Dave's doc. Thank Thanks, you. Buddy. Good job. Let's get into some future gear before we get into the summer nam stuff here. I Cappy actually, a buddy of mine, sent me an article. So this is something that I think all of us could benefit from in some way, and that is uh, there's this new technology that Swedish scientists have developed r- around soundproofing or uh, sound isolation, I guess. So you know, from a highest level, we all know the way to isolate sound is mass and distance. Dampening. So it's like, right. like the, you know, you see like the egg crate foam stuff on the walls sure. right behind me. That's, that has nothing to do with sound. That has nothing to do with soundproofing. Soundproofing. That is tuning a room to, to sound echo. correctly, to right. sound correct. Sure. Soundproofing has always been about dense materials and then air gaps. So Which like, is, let's be honest, it's been a Build a room inside a room. No one's ever really figured it out completely, right? right? Yeah, you build a room inside a room, you float the floor. You know, there's a lot of things that studios do. Well, it's really expensive and you have to like, you have to basically build another structure inside uh, inside the structure. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for everyone. So what the Swedish scientists ha- have developed is a thinner, less costly alternative in the form of a spring-loaded sound damping screw. Hmm. So basically, it's known as the Revolutionary Sound Absorbing Screw, or the Sound Screw for short, at uh, Malmo University, where I've been in, in the south of Sweden. Um, it consists of a threaded section at the top, a coil spring in the middle, and then a section with a flat head at the top, like a it's normal a screw. String, screw. Okay. So what happens is you insert it into a hole drilled through a drywall panel as you're building you know, anything. Right. You through the drywall and into the stud, into the wood. And what happens is the you turn it until the threaded section is all the way in flush with the outside surface of the drywall. And the spring that's built into the screw forms a gap of a few millimeters between the stud and the drywall's underside. So we talked about needing that air gap. That's partially what this is doing here. Right. Sound waves from an adjacent dwelling or wherever will travel through the wooden stud into a wall's sound screws and the compliance springs and the screws limit the transmissions of the vibrations into the drywall, which means less noise. Uh, they've done a bunch of lab tests involving traditional drywall plant panels. It is claimed that the sound screws, just the screws, changing nothing else, right. like standard drywall construction. One variable, the screws. That's it. So, uh, tests have shown that uh, traditional drywall is claimed that sound screws reduced through the wall sound levels by nine decibels which worked out to about half of the perceived sound volume Holy for shit. when traditional screws are the used. Screws. So, yeah, just like imagine an apartment building with right. a bunch of thin walls between just using these types of screws instead nine of traditional screws. Difference. Nine decibel difference, which in perceived SPL volume is about 50%. Wow, it sounds like such black magic. They actually, like, I don't even The technology <laughs> also performed well. They trialed it uh, in a in a hair salon. They just replaced the 
screws in the ceiling mm-hmm. and it totally worked wow so um they're already available in sweden that i there was no pricing that i could find they, they said that the initial price is quite high for a screw but very cheap when compared to a sound insulation system and they're saying that as time goes on and when you buy more the cost will decrease with volume so i want to buy some fucking sound screws dude, dude. i look I, this is one of the reasons i love this show because we talk about like Who's going to come up with like the next outside of the box idea? Mm-hmm. And this is completely like something I would have never thought. Yeah, no, same. And because I, I'd, I've, I've thought a lot about isolation and soundproofing, and and I found there's a company doing some because I, again we talked about it, it's all this weird physical stuff. It's like get something as Basically, thick as the lead thicker the better, and and right. then put an air gap and whatever. Well. I found another company year. This was some years ago that was doing it via some really advanced phase cancellation technology. Mm-hmm. Like basically, you know, it's like if anything's out of phase, you just like you've got a signal, and then you send the opposite signal at it. Those things are going to combine and create null. They're going to create nothing. So like there is people that are trying to approach this from that angle. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, maybe in very specific situations it'll work, but like again there's a reason that people throw shit up on the walls it's easy so like if you can just get yeah. these sound screws that's super easy like yeah the cost of yep. construction is going to go up a little and bit and the screws will be probably not cheap i guarantee that's what i'm saying it. so yeah. yeah they're they're even if they're double the cost of a right. regular screw it'd be worth it for a studio yeah, or yeah. so at or scale even an apartment building, you're talking about maybe an extra thousand dollars or something that is nothing compared to what you would actually cost spending dampening to to, to build a room inside a room well i mean you know you see dampening stuff even on craigslist sometimes and it's like it's, it's insanely it's expensive. expensive and it's also something that you think somebody would just throw in the trash if they mm-hmm. couldn't sell it so it's like that weird sounds middle area dude i love that super love that wow we yeah. gotta get some we gotta get them. maybe they could send us some dude i don't they're not they're looking for north american distribution right now Gearbuds. Gear, that's it. Gearbuds Inc. <laughs> that's our thing. Uh, man, so I want to talk about one other piece of gear before we okay. get into the NAM stuff. And this is something that I actually wanted to talk about last week because it was sort of a similar thing where I had kind of a, a very negative first impression of this piece of gear. Mm. And then the more that I actually looked at it and thought about it, I kind of think it's cool now. So it's called Stomp Light. And you go to stomplight.com, you can check it out. And so when I first saw that, I was like, stomp light. It's about, it's a pedal thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've, they, I've seen like pedal board lights before, you sure. know, where it's like it, it, you can see if you're on a dark stage, you can see your pedals and yeah. whatever. This is not that. Okay. This is its own pedal called the stomp light that starts at $299. Uh, they have larger bundles with like separate things or whatever, but it's basically about, I'm making this symbol with my hands right now. I would guess it's maybe like smaller than like the sort of, uh, length and width of this ipad Mm -hmm. and it's a light that you can actually like it illuminates you the performer okay so say you're like a busker or like a singer songwriter or whatever you go you get on stage and it's just like the same static light right you can bring this light up with you and it's designed to go on your pedal board or near your pedals and it actually like creates sort of like cool light shows so it's a spotlight it's not really a spotlight. It's a big. It's a wider throw than that. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 like you can, you know, it's RGB, so you can do multiple colors. You can cool. have it be reactive to the music okay. that you're playing. Yeah. You can have it programmed to MIDI. Um, the, there are a couple other cool things about it. Like they're linkable, so you can have multiple. I think I would do two yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, the setups I saw with two looked really rad. But you only requ- it only requ- it comes with a power bank, so like you can either recharge it or throw batteries in there. It doesn't. Have, you don't have to like plug into the wall or anything right. like that. And then, but it's also, again, you can have it linked up. So it's like, say you've got like a full light show set up. Even if you're like a DJ, it would be yeah, cool. Yeah, like yeah, you're on, you've got everything synced to your music already. And now you've got a couple lights on you going oh, that's with awesome. the music. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like a personal light show. It's a personal light show. For your pedal board. And like I said, at first I saw it and I was like, that's fucking dumb. I don't need lights for my pedals. But then I'm like, man. Does it also light up? I want want it. Does it also light up the floor or is it just like You could, yeah. It's like the there's a hood on it so you can sort of angle it or whatever. But they show, there was a lot of before and after pictures or like videos and stuff. It's like, here's what the stage looked like before and here's after. I was like, oh, this actually is a good idea and doesn't, I don't know of anything just like it. Like specific right. lights, like pe- pedalboard friendly to aside from like hooking up like a little like gooseneck type of light, right? Or like you know you could buy like DJ lights and have yeah. them like flash or whatever. This like is like a special big. thing, and it's got foot switches on there, so like you can, you can turn it off and stuff. Turn it off, switch the program, whatever. No shit, stomp light. I was like, I kind of like it. Very impressed when I saw this. Like I said at first, I was like, this is dumb, and then and then I got out of my own fucking way for a second. Super pro tip for my friends out there who have pre CBS. Uh, guitars mm. uh, fenders you know with clay dots mm. that you're going to need some light on stage clay can't dots, see those dots clay dots will fuck you on stage if there's no totally light. oh yeah. my god yeah or like side markers that's why that those, one the hard way those lumen lays like those side dots make so much sense on guitars because yep. like you can't see on a lot i use white out to just uh, just a little mm. tiny well, dot on, on each one but uh, kill that resale value, dude, Dave. I, well, you can scrape it off. <laughs> um, scrape it off your dead body. You're not gonna have a damn right. That shit. My cold dead hands, um, dude. I like that a lot, man. Yeah. That's fucking. That's a really really cool idea. Check it out, Stomplate.com. Uh, they've got some. Yeah, you know they're like older dudes. So that was the other thing too. I was like, I'm seeing these like fucking boomers. I'm like, oh, what are these guys right. doing? And then it's like, oh, that's actually a, a very good some idea. Dad in his and garage I, and with fucking ding dong. Yeah, totally. Okay. But it, but I think it, I really could see it being very useful for like solo performers totally. or DJs, like you said, or like street. Bu- and it's it's smaller too. It's not like you don't have to bring a whole white totally. rig with you. Yeah, you you if you already have space on your pedal board, you could literally just throw it on your pedal board. Yeah, I love which that. Is dope. Um, you know, we've got some other stuff, but man, we're just like, we're cooking real deep already. So I just, it's, it's, let's just get into summer Nam. Okay. Summer Nam's going on right now. Yep. Bunch of gear. Um, okay. There's, there's some gear. It's summer Nam in a pandemic year. Summer Nam is never the big gear show anyways. Um, we've got boots on the ground. We've got our, our, our good friend Mark down there right now, hanging out with Gibson, um, giving us the inside scoop. But I just want to talk about a couple things that I found that I thought were pretty interesting. So this is. I'm going to start with what I think is the coolest thing of the show. Okay. Jack White uh, has, you know, third man. Third man records. records. Yep. And then they've, I don't know if it was a, already called this or if this is a NAM specific thing, but they've got, it's called third man hardware. Okay. So I, you know, there are some pedals that he's collaborated on with like um, Game Changer. I know there was like a, maybe a, a Buzz Trying. I don't know. He's had a couple different pedals come out. Yeah. And Fuzz Trying. I don't know if that's the one. Either way, they've got a booth at Summer Nam. At the booth, you can play. Have you ever? I'm sure you have. Jack White has a. Um, it's uh, an, and I, one of the things I really love about him is that he's always been so clear on image and color theory, and and each project has its own sort of thing. Marketing wise, for one yeah. of the pro, I think it might have been. I don't remember what band it was. He had a a Gretsch double jet completely covered in copper oh shit or a triple jet i should say really yeah and he had all of his pedals too his whole pedal board Whoa, everything was copper the that. whole guitar was copper it's fucking dope dude dude at their booth they have his actual triple jet that you can play like anybody at the show Just can play up. jack white's real like 
famous stage play guitar to demo the third man no hardware way. effects. Yeah. That is fucking sick. That so that cool. makes me wish I was at Nam right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to play that guitar. So um what is the uh what is the hardware actually then? They I couldn't find anything. I don't know if they were releasing anything specific at the show. I couldn't find oh, anything about that. Was it just more that. of like a promo for third I man? I think it's probably. like promo because they are Nashville. already in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, they have these things that they sell. So, you know, it's just like, hey, by the way, maybe. And, and I don't know. Again, it could be like rebranding from Third Man Records to like spinning off the specific hardware sure. division. I don't know. I couldn't find any details on that. But um, just the fact that you can play his copper triple jet custom ass guitar. That's so cool. Super fucking dope. All right. Let's keep it moving. Um, I feel like he was single handedly responsible for like raising the prices on like airlines and national. Air- oh, and him and him and fucking uh, uh, Black Keys guy. Black Keys What's guy, his yeah. name? Dan Arbach. Dan Arbach. Yeah. Both of those. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for that, guys. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. What else is new? Oh, uh, new roads. We talked about this already. This is cool, man. I'm, I got really excited about. There's no details available nope. yet, but I some, signed up for the email list. Did you? Yeah. Some British company, I think, Dirty Loopmasters or some. I don't. Loop I didn't Masters, get the name, but yeah, they're UK based. Have acquired the rights to the Rhodes name, which nobody's right. had for a while. I didn't realize. I thought Fender still had. I it. just thought it was Fender Rhodes. Uh, but they do not. So they acquired the rights to it and have started this new company. They've t- there's very, there's nothing in the way of detail yet. There's just a press release. The owner talked about um, specifically about future proofing with the Rhodes brand. So mm-hmm. to me, I mean, that seems pretty obvious that they're going to do some like MIDI and USB yeah, of and, and that kind of shit. Which there are there's MIDI 80, outs on some of the 80s Rhodes. Yeah. With, you know, weird I was trying to think of when the last I, I might. I don't know. I, when was the last roads even around? Like that? Maybe I would guess the late seventies, early eighties, perhaps. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know because Fender acquired it in the seventies. I'm pretty sure. So I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that we're seeing. Actually, we were talking about that yesterday. Mark that price of that Mark One was like three grand. Yeah, those, dude. Those have gotten very expensive, and that'll be even and now it's going to get driven up because yeah. of this. this so new hang on brand. to your uh, 88s, guys. In your parents' I wish basement. I, I wish I, we already talked. About <laughs> I don't need to bring back up my past oh, sorry. mistakes. It's fine. Uh, no, yeah, that's, that's super, super cool. cool. I'm, I'm really glad that the brand is coming back. I get really excited when somebody acquires a name and it's like, I don't even know who this company is, yeah. but I'm like, I'm excited to see what they come out with. Hopefully it's like a cool vintage vibe with like the modern, modern, modern technology. my French right out of my yeah, mouth. You got it, baby. Oh, Fender has some new pedals. Um, they, not, their, their pedals aren't very successful. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like, however... I played every single one, and they're all well. All every single one that was available at the time before I left CME, they're all very good pedals. It's they're very underrated as far as metal construction, sound fantastic, and then compared to the market, they're cheaper because they're I saw Fender. some expensive ones. I feel like on Reverb recently, they're like, like but they're a few hundred know, bucks for. Like they're a, a few hundred bucks, but yeah. like you know, compared to like a comparable Reverb or Delay or whatever, they're always going to be a little bit more affordable, and they sound fucking good. Yeah, I'm excited. There's they've they've got two new ones coming out. They're dual versions of previous pedals, which are I think the the Pugilist and the Marine Marine Layer, which I think are the two most popular pedals. Uh, I want to talk about the Marine Layer because it's a it's a Reverb pedal, and I think. Every reverb pedal should have two settings available in it, switchable, because everybody wants to have... Wow, I'm getting hiccupy right here. Everybody, Every guitar player wants to have a short reverb and a long reverb. That's mm-hmm. just like how it is. You yeah. want to have the long, spacious thing, and then you want to have just like but a short But you don't want to have to like dial it in. And then reach over. Right. This new one, it's got two full reverb engines in nice. it. You can, I don't know if you can use both at the same time. I didn't think about that, but I did know, I did confirm that you can have two completely wildly different settings, maybe like one sort of, you're just always on slightly wet, splashy sound. Mm-hmm. And then for like your long solos, you want a thing or like your ambient part, you want a thing. You can have two settings in it, dual marine layer, 
excited it's about actually that. that's when i think of reverb pedals i think of fender because didn't they do the original reverb tank wasn't weren't they like one of the they well they definitely sold the that spring reverb tank the 1963 yeah. sort of reverb thing um i don't know if they were the first i'm not sure maybe not fender, the first fender usually wasn't the first at but anything they, they he, branded he just that, like made it the best yeah, they, usually. they made it the best so if anything i would think if i'm gonna buy a reverb pedal i'm definitely gonna look at fender stuff and i re, i've always they had a they have a pedal there's a boss version of the Fender yes. reverb tank, right. which is a good reverb, Sony reverb pedal right. too. It's yeah. pretty much more compact. It's much more compact, but it's also very simplified, which I think is fine for some people. Yeah. I would probably check, want to check out this new Marine layer because yeah. I'm sure it's going to have that sound in it. Plus two settings. That's awesome. Always want two settings on. Reverbs. What do you use for a reverb pedal? I don't, you don't, I don't have, I don't one. use reverb. No shit. No, I actually, uh, I like a good kind of got reverb. into a, um, I wouldn't say it was heated, but a spirited discussion with our good buddy James Pepper and former guest about okay. how much I think reverb might be the might be the most overused or or perhaps over uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't. I just think okay. I'll put it this way: I have never played a guitar where there was not a room around the guitar or the amp. Sure. Which creates reverb. Right. So but in terms of like guitar pedals extra. and stuff, right. I never have just like a little bit of reverb on. I in my I I mean I have some different reverb effects, but like in my boss, the switcher that I have, I have one like crazy reverb sound if I want to like get spaced out or whatever. Right. But I don't ever use just like reverb on my That's guitar. So funny. When I'm recording, like the song that I just finished mixing. I'll often automate a bunch of reverb on the guitar, but that's just like punctuate parts or like After, move things in yeah. and out. And I'm not sitting there using it the whole time, the whole time because yeah. it, like I would have to have my foot on an expression pedal the whole time, just thinking about the blend of the, of <laughs> right. the reverb. And that's just not what I'm trying that's to so do. Fu- that's so funny. You mentioned that because uh, that strat over there yeah. that I play at home, I've got a little Squire practice amp mm-hmm. and it's a reverb practice. It's a dual gain reverb practice. Mm-hmm. Amp. So it's cool for gain. You can crank it up. And then I leave the reverb on all the way, all the, way. All the time. Which it just is a sounds fun. Great. Sound. It sounds cool. Like the Balthazar, the it makes Balti me sound better. Tabri thirteen. I mean, that thing has that's got a great perhaps reverb, right? the best sounding amp reverb I've ever heard. And yeah. and when I'm playing that amp, yeah, I turn it on because it's it's fun. But yeah. like in a in a band context or like a, oh, a right. recording context, no. never. No, because there's all. I, in fact, I'm like trying to i'm always trying to make things sound more direct and near yeah reverb just pushes it further back i would much rather yeah, handle that it does in the mix it puts you into the mix yeah for sure so it's a good point um you know i know i'm sort of being hypocritical right now after i was just like jazzing up well i was gonna pedals. say if you're going to get a reverb pedal, if you're maybe, get that's, a reverb pedal. maybe that's the one to try and again i still maintain that if you're going to do a reverb pedal you want two settings yep yep so there that they is. nailed it then nailed it all right um didn't they have another pedal coming out you I say there was two. The dual. It's just the, a, 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 the pugilist. It's a dual distortion. It's the. Okay. It's the. It's just two of the pugilists that already exist in the same box. Okay. Much less exciting to me. The reason that one's worth mentioning though, is because these are dual pedals, of course, like two in yeah. one. The word D U A L. The because the pugilist is like an aggressive distortion pedal. Right. They spelled it D U E L, like cute. a like a battle duel, which Very is cool. which is definitely cute. Um, oh, here I've got a question for you, and this yeah. is related to a new summer name release. Gibson Thunderbird basses, yay or nay on a non-reverse. The Thunderbird has always been a reverse body. They have just, in their Gibson Originals collection, announced a non-reverse. And the one that I saw was like a 
sort of like a sea foamy Do looking green. you have a green. photo of it on there? Um, no, I don't. Just so I can get emotionally just charged. A, yeah, it's just imagine an, an I've seen them. No, I've seen oh, they, I've never seen they a, did them a, a non-reverse the, Thunderbird. I, I want to say ask they, you, okay. they did them in like the 60s right. or 70s because I, I know Entwistle for sure probably had one at some point. A non-reverse because I mean, yeah. you see the reverse Thunderbird all everywhere. Every time I've seen one, they just look wimpy to me. I don't like non-reverse body. I don't either. On on the guitars or bass. Yeah. It yeah, looks yeah. it looks weird to me. Yeah. No, I now that you mentioned it, I know I actually saw that article because they're coming out with like they're like a seafoam green, exactly. like they're doing all yep. these different colors. Two pickups. Um ah, I just I, I can't do it, man. Yeah, I just I'm not a big fan. So okay, say say you've got a deal and you're like, I want to buy a Thunderbird. Right. And I'm just gonna throw out totally random numbers here, but like say Say a, a a standard reverse body Thunderbird's two thousand dollars. Right. How cheap would the non-reverse have to be for you to want it? <laughs> right. Exactly. At least half the price. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So a thousand dollars. That's never going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. They haven't announced any price. Maybe the Epiphone version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah, dude. I. It, it, they just don't do it for me. I don't I, understand they look it. So it's like I think it's. They just have a look. There's people out there, you know me. I'm I'm a Fender boy for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's just what I see. I always go that direction. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who want like the weirdest looking thing. Mm-hmm. So there are there is going to be a market for those for some people. But that was the original. It's like that was like the, in I know. the fucking fifties. I know. You know. Like what to me, and that's an interesting thing too because technically, I think the most common. I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure the most common Firebird shape is the reverse body shape. Yeah. Like of, oh, in yeah. terms of what it's they the manufacture ones that got famous. Yeah. But it's like. So it's weird that we call it a reverse, but that's like the default. Right. And then the non-reverse is the weird one. Yeah, like it is. the original. Right. Yeah, it's like... I, I don't like non-reverse Firebirds. I'm just... I love no, all dude, the Gibson stuff. I don't too. like non-reverse Me Firebirds. too. I mean, but think about it. Like, you got Johnny Winter. You've got, like, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Like, all these guys played mm-hmm. the reverse. Yeah. You know, even uh, Dave Grohl plays Clapton. the reverse. Clapton. I mean, the, when you think of the people with the Firebirds, yeah. that's... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's just... We're just used to seeing that style. You know, I don't know if I've ever even played a non-reverse Thunderbird, which is really I know strange. They're, I think or they're a, more rare. Or, or, a, or even a Firebird, now I'm saying. Would it be fair to say they made the, the regular one and then the reverse one just became more popular so they I just think, started manufacturing more that's of those probably how it like goes. if you went online right now in reverb and looked up uh firebird you'd probably find Way mostly reverse, reverse i would think so yeah. too but yeah uh as far as the look it just looks wrong to me it looks wrong it looks wimpy I don't there's know, a reason they reverse it enough. yeah a couple more gibson things they announced uh, i mentioned they've got this original collection which is some random stuff in there uh, i'm excited to see these they they released uh reissue 58 karina flying v and explorer i saw that and they actually took numerous 58s and 3D scanned those MFers cool. to to fully do it. It's through the Murphy Lab, so you know that that's over ten thousand dollars. I was going right to say, there. I'm making the the money, yeah, making the money, the money, the money thing. thing um, that's a cool one. Uh, there's also they've also announced some more signatures, including a Jerry Cantrell, which I I don't. I can't picture him playing a Gibson. I mean, he was always playing like a Super Strat or like Jeez, a I Kramer or something like I that. Think or a, I think he had a signature Sir for a while. My brain always goes to the acoustic uh, unplugged. Mm. Maybe that was a Gibson. I can't remember. Yeah. Also, Gilt. Tony Iommi. I, I knew. I couldn't find pictures of any of this stuff. Another Tony Iommi signature, but also friend of the show, VR buddy James Pepper, Nathaniel Rateliff's signature. Oh, very cool. So um, that's kind of I thought he was a Jazzmaster guy. He is, but I think he, it might be the acoustic. Okay. Because I know he plays Gibson acoustics. Yeah, cool. Um, and they've also released uh, the, because there was that whole Slash Gibson collection that happened. There's mm-hmm. now an Epiphone oh. version of that. So we can call those the Slurch. Uh, uh, and throw it back to can our Can we just talk buddy. about how expensive Epiphones have gotten lately? 
like new or used ones? Like I look, I I follow Epiphone on my reverb uh-huh. feed. Yeah, used ones. Yeah. Like and I, you know, so you know, I really want the the fifty five all blacked out. You know, with the P nineties, mm. like that style with the, uh, the staple pickups yep. and all that. They do an Epiphone version. It's oh, a, really? Yeah, it's a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's too much. I'm man. like, dude, I'll buy a used Gibson, hopefully for that price. Well, like maybe, maybe. Well, maybe not a nice one. No, <laughs> but either way, that yeah, a thousand anything, anything. I feel the same way about like. I don't know if I've, I don't know if there's ever been a four figure Squire, maybe, but like I feel that way about import mm. fenders too. Oh, like when I see the like four figure Squire was the uh, yeah some of the some of the Japanese eighty stuff could be that. Not even ja- like when I see new Mexican oh, fenders new? for over a thousand dollars, I'm just like, what happened? That's that's the that's, retail that's price like, now is nine ninety nine. That's Epiphone essentially is like yeah, Mexican fender. Sure, you could compare those. So like that's wild to me where that's but i mean i don't know how much of that's inflation how much of that is just making up for the fact that the used market has gone wild well i remember uh i had a buddy whose girlfriend at the time had a purple epiphone les paul it was really Mm -hmm. cool it was like swirly like a purple kind of dad top Mm. style and yeah she just had it like in a closet i remember once i was like and this is kind of before i really got into playing Mm -hmm. and stuff and she's like you can just have that if you want it and i was just like nah I, but it, she was like, oh, I got, you know, I bought it like new for like $250 right. or something. Like now the prices are just, it's I, so I, I think my, my first like good guitar when I was a kid was an Epiphone Les Paul Custom, Alpine White. I think my family paid $600 for it. Okay. That sounds with about like right. With case. And, yeah. You know, I don't know what the new market stuff. is on Epiphones, but I know the used market is really high. Like surprisingly Some of those old high. ones are great guitars. In fact. Yeah. The Korean ones, right? miss that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Samic Factory or whatever it's right. called. Um, would you rather ooh. have? Would you rather buy a Epiphone Les Paul like specked out to like what you wanted? Let's say it's used or beat up or whatever it is. Um, or would you go lawsuit? Would you go seventies lawsuit? And let's say it's set neck. We're not going bolties. You know, we're doing set neck construction. Would you rather yeah. have like a toke high? Or a, you know that a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have even had a second thought and just said Japanese. Yeah. The thing is, right before I left CME, they did this new series of Les Pauls where I actually like compared one of them to a Burst. And it was an Epiphone? It was an Epiphone. And that guitar ripped. Really? It was a very nice Les Paul. Wow. Often those guitars, and I feel the same way about you know Mexican Fender as well, but like they're, they can feel coated in plastic. Sure. You know, that mm-hmm. like thick poly thing, which Gibson doesn't ever do poly. It's nitro, but it's just like a, a harder... Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a thicker like it's a more durable finish it's designed yeah because they're yeah it's gonna you're gonna beat them up you're a beginner or whatever right um i think i would probably go with an epiphone at this point also because uh, they have that like elitist series so that means to me that i could probably like get it like custom shopped out a little mm-hmm. bit or something so i think yeah i don't know I, that's a good question i think yeah, i'd I probably know. go with that because really they're in the same price range now i mean right. you're talking a thousand bucks for an epiphone you're talking a thousand Japanese bucks for a lawsuit way more i know it's and you're and, and shout out to henry over at bonfires thanks, Vintage. thanks a lot thank you he yeah. really there was a day i think it was after we interviewed him and i just sat on his like gear just page. went through all of his bro he had some like tokais and yeah. some really cool japanese stuff Bernies. he had this burst fender or this burst les paul and i was just like I would buy that for eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. It just looks awesome. Yeah, like, there's no the way that thing doesn't play good. Yeah, dude. Uh, good question. So yeah, I had to, Love had to ask you on that. Couple more, couple more uh, guitars to mention. Okay, did you see this? The new Billy Gibbons signature guitar. I did not. Oh who's, man, who's making it? Well, let me tell you, Wild Custom, who you may recall uh, have worked with Gyrock. And make that thing that we saw at yes. where you can spin the pickups spin around. Spin the pickups, the gyrock, yeah. The gyrock. So there is now a signature Billy Gibbons Wild Custom 
Gyrock. And it so actually, it does the body, the dude, technology. the body kind of looks like a, a non reverse Firebird in some ways, but it's also kind of like 50s Chevy or something. Okay. You know, yeah. like the, their car guy style. That's kind of their stuff, yeah. It's, you know, single pickup, well, single, single Gyrock. Mission, single Gyrock. Yeah. Uh, but it can have two pickups in the slot. You know, oh, so you can okay. switch between two pickups. I the some of the ones that we saw, I think, were three, but this guitar only has two in it. Yeah. Uh, guess how much it's cost, Dave? Oh God, I, I hate this. I know. I know. <laughs> it's got to be over like three grand or something. Ten thousand dollars. Come on. <laughs> can we stop? Can we please just stop? <laughs> Ten fucking thousand dollars. I was looking for the price. And I was like, oh, maybe they just haven't announced it yet. And then buried at the end of the press release is like nine ninety nine. I was like, oh shit. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and that only comes with one. So, you know, uh, Billy Gibbons uses Seymour Duncan pickups. It only comes with one set of two pickups, but they have, I think, like six other ones right. you can, you know, add on or whatever. Which, you, if you're buying a $10,000 signature guitar, you're going to buy the other stupid spinny things in there. I love the technology. Wasn't I thought the it was Gyrock uh, prototype like 20 grand or something? It was like very that? Yeah, I remember that. But I, I, I like it and I support it as an idea. Me too. Knowing that this is a $10,000 guitar made me kind of like dislike it a little bit dude it's just like we've gone over this ad nauseum but like if you've got 10 grand in the bank you're gonna buy a guitar there's so many fucking awesome yeah, options probably i don't know i mean unless you're just truly like the biggest billy given super fan <laughs> you know. i know the dusty hill that was the bass player the fuzzy, the fuzzy bass yeah. yeah he well yeah and he has a signature uh bass that he plays the 51 style right. like, tele bass mm-hmm. um and i know there was another company they did like a relic version and it looks oh all beat up. yeah but i think it's it not fender even, it might have even been one of those like remember when fender made the joe strummer tele where it was like relic but the relic was like painted on yes i feel like that uh, it, the the dusty hill was like is. that and i'm yeah. pretty sure we we slagged he was playing show. it in the uh in the documentary i watched with the zz top documentary which was fantastic by the way it's actually a really really good Ooh, movie I, dude i kind of love zz um, top dude i got nothing against yeah. him you know they're just good old boys from texas man like just smoke weed and play guitars and, and kick uh, some cars. but they do this modern you know they keep going back to them like playing you know in their current time mm-hmm. and then you know the story and all that stuff and when they're playing currently like they're playing all their custom shop they have these crazy amp rigs too um, you know you got to give it to those guys even though they're old boys they're gear long, boys. Long beers they're fucking gear boys that play futuristic gear like i mean we yeah. talked about uh a little thunder pickup like billy gibbons did that solo tour where he used the a little thunder pickup right. in there in his signature i think that might have been a wild customs guitar too yeah which is if, if you, anybody listening doesn't know it's that pickup that basically allows you just to take your bottom one or two strings and then send them out to a separate amp and that's like right a, it's like a octave or two down so cool it's fucking rad yeah gotta give it to those guys for no, doing man. stuff um, absolutely dude one more guitar that i want to talk about really fast boss pedals pedals sells a guitar now okay yeah and it's like a oh man fuck i think i i don't think i got a price on this one either um so i'll just walk you through it uh it is the uh boss I think it's your oh, I didn't write down. I'm pretty sure it's Euros E U R O S okay. or Euros. I don't I don't know why or how it's spelled or spoken. Uh, but it is a guitar, two humbuckers, super strat style, with a built-in synthesizer and Bluetooth pedal control. So oh boy. it's not a synth guitar like you might be thinking where it has like a synth pickup and then you can control external synthesizers, sure. which would actually have made sense to me. Yeah. This one has a synth built in to the body. Okay. And there are, uh, six memory positions in that built into the guitar. Um, you know, standard, like two humbuckers, two 
I don't even know. There's a bunch of switches and knobs, two separate quarter inch outputs. So you have your output for your electric guitar and then you have your output just for the synth. Wow. Which again, and you can play them at the same time. Yeah, totally. It's cool. just separate outputs, right? Right, right. Which is cool. Like I'm, we've talked about this a lot. I think synth guitar is kind of like the next logical step. It's got to, it's, it's got to make back. a big comeback. I don't like that. Roland runs the market on, right. on synth gear, like guitar synth gear. And there is no option for you to control a Roland guitar synth with this thing. It's just whatever. It's just the synthesizer that's built into the guitar, right. which is like so. Boss kind of came. They they're coming up, coming up ahead on this one. Though. Well, Boss is Roland. It's the same fucking company. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like, it would make sense that they would. I'm, I'm sure. So that's the other thing too. I don't know what synthesizers built in because they have the like that SY one pedal that came out recently. I don't know if it's just that shoved in mm. there. I don't know if if it's like one of their gk series actual like guitar synth right synths in there didn't really say Ooh. i just really wish because they've clearly spent this time to like put a synth pickup in the guitar i would like to have access to that maybe they did it's possible that they didn't put a synth pickup in the guitar actually now that i think about it they probably didn't because they also have the sy1 pedal they have the larger version of that the sy1000 which doesn't use a, a synth pickup so mm -hmm. maybe they really did just build they're like synthesizer that takes standard guitar signal into the body of the guitar itself. Wow. Okay. I like the idea. I don't like the execution of it. I've got to be honest. I, I think it was like 700 bucks. Thing? It's like, dude, this, just picture a super it's a strat. strat. It's a super strat with okay. two humbuckers and 24 mm. frets and kind of like a vaguely fendery, but yeah, not headstock. But not headstock. I think, I, I can't remember. This might be totally off base. I feel like I saw it was like 700 bucks maybe. Okay. Maybe it's more than that. Well, that's cool. Know. That, if we can do if like seven hundred bucks, that would be cool. affordable thing. Where maybe on the used market, you find it's one for made 500. In, Oh, it's made in Japan too. Okay, so it's like you know, it's a yeah. it's a reputably built instrument. Sure, sure, sure. The thing that actually I found most interesting about this that I sort of mentioned at the top. So there's an iOS app. You know, you can like right. build your patches and everything. Um, but I mentioned the Bluetooth pedal controller. So the guitar is Bluetooth built in. You can use like a. It looks just like a standard, you know, Boss volume pedal or whatever but it communicates with the guitar via bluetooth which is cool because then you can like say you have a filter or something you can like do wah wah stuff mm -hmm. wirelessly neat the thing that i am excited about is that it allows you to interface with sort of whatever you want including your computer so i can then take this with my regular guitar have this wireless bluetooth pedal on the ground with my other pedals and then be controlling shit that's going on with the computer Oh. So like, you know, say you've got like crazy processing happening on your guitar or not. This this allows you to pr basically interface with anything that does Bluetooth MIDI over Bluetooth okay. and cool. then wirelessly control it. It also has an output you can or an input, I guess. You can plug in two more boss like foot switch pedals to do other stuff with it too. So I could see this being real it's 99 bucks. I could see this being really useful for me if I've like if I'm like doing a, a a setup where I'm playing guitar and have like Ableton shit or whatever computer yeah. stuff going on. It's a really nice way to make those two things interact with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like this little I could see this being the thing that is very successful for them as kind of like a Trojan horse with the right, guitar. With the guitar. And and does it come with the guitar or it's separate? I don't said? think it does. Okay. I think it's an extra $99. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which makes sense for them. But you could buy it on its own and just use it. You don't it have to buy the guitar. Yeah, that's cool. I think I'll probably get one. Yeah. Just to try it out. It takes I know it's either rechargeable or it takes like two AA batteries or something like that. So you can have like a full wireless so setup with it. My big question for this guitar is mm -hmm. how does it sound? The, the demo that I watched, first of all, was in Japanese, so I had to put the, the closed captions on. <laughs> okay. I have never in my life heard a guitar synth 
demo from a company that didn't sound like fucking cheese balls. Exactly. That's why I'm asking. It sounded like cheese balls, but I'm positive you can do cool stuff with it. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know what it is about making demos of guitar (laughs) synth. It just makes people play the cheesiest, weirdest fucking music ever. And that was kind of my takeaway from the video that I watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's all in context. Um, So it's sort of, in some ways it reminds me, remember those, we've talked about them recently, those Line 6 Variax guitars Mm -hmm. where it was the same deal. It like had synthetic stuff going on inside it but like you couldn't control external synth yes. stuff it feels like that sort of concept but maybe more limited because i mean the thing with the variax was that it could like do multiple tunings it had like 40 different guitars like banjos and resonators and 12 strings and stuff like those yeah. sounds built in maybe that this this boss has a, i don't know the, but the demo that i watched for it was like a three minute video or whatever it was pretty much just showing it doing like you know, like Oberheim synth sounds or whatever, like there's like very standard stuff, mm-hmm. not like futuristic. I, I, I would hope that someone takes this and does more interesting musical things with it. Yeah, you know? it's a tool to do more. It could be in the right hands, not right. in the like whatever cheesy fucking demo <laughs> hands. Yeah, that's a good point. It is funny when you get like a synth demo, like even a synth pedal or yeah. something. It's just like they always play the wackiest shit. Unless it's... Um, Unless it's fucking, uh, I just want to hear a straight. Our like, buddy fucking Nathaniel Murphy doing uh, "Jump" uh, by Van Halen he with that Boston somehow pedal. got better at playing guitar over this pandemic. Dude, like, he's fucking he real is good. Fu- we got to have him back on. Dude. I just saw this morning they did they like do um, full band Fridays from yes, CME. I watch those every single they episode. Wa- they did the Pot by Tool. No way. And I will say, like, I remember actually telling Nathaniel one time. Uh, to, st- to stay in his fucking lane because he was he, he was doing oh you know we had a we had a 76 a real 76 explorer in the shop yeah and he was doing a bunch of u2 stuff and then he started doing like some metallica riffs and i came down to the video i was like stay uh. in your <laughs> but he i mean he can do anything like well he, can, he could learn it you know? do anything so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah him doing adam jones they they did stop before they got to like the really sick breakdown in yeah, the song though yeah. so you know whatever but they had actually this girl elizabeth mullen I've tried to get on the show, and she said she wouldn't. We haven't really talked, but she's—I think she's in Nashville or something. But she's playing a show here in a couple months. She's the one that um, did the like Maynard vocals with the full band. Oh, they did the vocals. They did the vocals. Oh, they too. never do. Vocals they never do vocals. That's but she, cool. you know, she's got the right range to do sure. Maynard. Wow, that's uh, so cool. I'll have to check. That yeah. just came out today, right? Just this morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch those every episode. They every yeah, week they come it's, out. It's, it's so sometimes fun. you know, it's, some are better than the others. But yeah. it's, I just think as a concept, and also it's cool that. I don't want to take too much credit here, but one of the things that I, the feedback I gave when I was shooting all those videos was how much more comfortable I felt down in the case room. Yeah. Because like shooting like the vibe in there is just the vibe and just like shooting out in the big wide open. Like yeah. there's people, I don't know. It just, it never felt that comfortable to me. It, they have, that's where they do those full band fries. They've like totally built like out the basement that room or in the basement cool. to, to do that. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it looks awesome. It obviously sounds fantastic. Yeah. So that's I don't know, man, great, that's man. all the summer name news I got. I'm sure. I mean, it's going on right now. That was like yeah. what I was able to find. I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about next week. Maybe not, though, because, you know, summer Nam is just like the one that doesn't typically have a lot of new stuff. All right, folks. Thank all you right. for doing this. Thanks for being gear buds with us. And if you made it this far, why don't you go make some music? <laughs>